Let's go. Cheers. Hello and welcome to episode 28 of Speaking from Water. I have Kean Salmon on the line, and this dude is currently blowing my mind. I uh, opened up my my Instagram last night, and I see Mason Barnes on what is just a absolute beast of a wave in Ireland. And I said, oh my God, first of all, the local boy's done it again. And then he shows up on the feed and I start scrolling through his stuff. And I'm like, dude, I got to get him on the line. I got to talk to him ASAP. And Bro, thank you so much for joining us and coming in uh, at such short notice. I, I know you just got out of the water. Uh, this uh, activity that I'm describing happened yesterday, and um, welcome. Good. Cheers. Thanks for having me, mate. So, so what uh, what's happening today? Um, today we went back out to Mullagmore. Uh, it was like not as good as yesterday. There's still a couple of bombs, but pretty lumpy. Wind was a bit better, but the swell was a bit worse direction. Um, period wasn't really big enough to make it like a line that would go run the whole length of the reef. So you get like really heavy sections at the top that go into nothing or really heavy sections at the end that you can't get into from the top. But it was like still loads of fun. It's such a sick spot. And was was yesterday just an aberrant, like was it all time for this? particular spot and um if uh can you describe from your perspective what you saw um yesterday was like a pretty sick paddle day i don't i don't know if you'd call it all time for mully like it gets much much bigger there was a day i think about a month or so ago you might have seen stuff from that was just like an insane tow day like 30 35 foot kind of just ridiculous bombs um and this day wasn't that big but it was like probably like they're just really nice size for paddling um and yeah that's what the boys did there would have been about 20 crew out there sharing waves and it was pretty pumping it was my first time actually um like being out there i'd um i'd been there a couple times but like it had never actually been or maybe just once but it just wasn't doing it and yesterday was the first proper day i'd been there for and how long have you been there scouting it out, waiting around. Uh, what's the significance of, of your trip? We, we, flew in the, we flew in the night before. We got in at like 11. Wow. Uh, so you saw it coming. Yeah. Uh, Island is, well, it's, you don't get like a week's notice. You get like a couple days. But we've been um, staying in Portugal for the last few weeks, me and my mate, um, which is a sick spot to base yourself like through winter in Europe. It's pretty cheap, pretty close to everything. And we were actually in Morocco when we saw the chart and like we saw it in the morning and then, um, drove like, or got driven eight hours that afternoon to jump on a bunch of planes to get to Ireland and yeah, paid off pretty fucking stoked. And who are you, who are you there with? Uh, my mate, Zach Haynes, a guy from West Oz, big wave, ginger, extraordinaire, bit of a legend. Yeah, so leading up to this interview, you have the link in your bio on your Instagram, and everyone should go check it out. Uh, uh, Zach was uh, was just charging Western Australia in that in that in those clips, um, and that that's where you guys are are from. That's where you're based out of, uh, yeah. like for for your your most of your time. Is that correct? Yeah, man. We um, what was it? Oh, we started like lifeguarding together maybe eight nine years ago, and he's i mean he's a freaking fish he's insane um no there's like no one as calm that i've ever met as him in big waves and he's kind of like pulled me along with him through the last sort of 10 years of hunting waves um yeah, he's like my brother incredible so you guys have 10 years together charging all over the world ah uh, mostly wa him more all over the world than me but yeah we've done a lot of trips together for sure so there's so much here I'd like to unpack, but let's uh, yeah. let's can, can we go to, to the beginning? Is that is that okay with you? Sure. Where where, where uh, did you first discover your inspiration here for the sea, and uh, what what was kind of the the, the nexus of of um, jumps? Um, 
I got two older brothers who are like seven and 10 years older than me. And when you're a kid, you just want to be like, be like them. And they're both bodyboarders, both like pretty talented at it. And so I got pretty much dragged around everywhere until they kind of left home. And then like, I grew up in a real industrial sort of mining kind of town. Like there's not, it's not Margaret river or like the places you think of when you think of WA, it's sort of halfway up the coast. The waves aren't that good. And so like, you never really had that many mates that surfed growing up. So it was a pretty tight knit kind of community of who was actually in the water. And then, yeah, went out to England when I left school and then lived in Indonesia for a couple of years. And that's where I really got the passion for filming and like, the bigger wave stuff came a lot later. Like I was a bit of a pussy for a long time and then like, um, kind of got bullied into it by my friends and then like the shame of missing something when they've put something on the line kind of has motivated me to like pull my finger out and get used to bigger stuff. So w were you, um, bodyboarding surfing or, um, filming most of these, uh, th this build up. Oh, um, I'm a bodyboarder first and foremost, but I ride a stick all the time. Um, it depends on the wave, like the right tool for the right job for me. If it's like a fun little smackable beach break, I'll ride a surfboard all day. If it's like a heaving slab, I'm not going to do it on the surfboard cause I can't, I'll ride my bodyboard. Um, but yeah, I love both. Like, I just like being in the water. I'll body surf a shore break all day. So epic. Can, can you bring us to that first wave you had with your, with your brothers and you, you were like, this is, this is it. Do you, do, do you have that memory? Um, I remember the first reef break I was taken to. It was like, ironically, it's called Samba, but it's a reef break. Um, I think I was about eight years old. And I think I got like, at the time, what I thought was a pit, it probably definitely wasn't a pit. Um, and then it's just like having something to do. Like you grow up in a small town in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to do. So, and just go to the beach all the time. Um, so, so how, how, how's the beach culture there in this little town and what's the town's name? Geraldton. So it's about, you've got Perth, which is the capital of WA. It's in the middle of nowhere. If you look at it on a map and then Geraldton's five and a half hours drive north of Perth again middle of nowhere the culture is like uh, there's this thing called australian football and everybody plays that and it's all like a bit of a jock kind of culture and then you've got the kids that didn't do that they do other things and surfing is one of those other things so there's like it's not incredible waves but it's pretty good waves and they're pretty consistent so it's like relatively uncrowded most of the time which is kind of sick um yeah, I guess there's a few people that you looked up to at the time. Like, there's been a few good surfers from there. A lot of charges come from there now, which is a bit strange. Um, like, I don't know. I've never like tried to describe Geraldton to someone before. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I love it hearing this personally. You know, I'm on the east coast of America. Like I said, uh, Mason Barnes uh, grew up in this little town. He's our, our local hero for... Oh, for just the things he's been doing lately and uh, the, the big waves he's found himself in. And we, we do not have big waves. You know, we have the Outer Banks, which is, uh, is that gives us the most juice, I guess, locally speaking. But yeah. nothing like the slabs that you, um, uh, you have in Western Australia. And looking at your footage, the, the vast amount of it, I'm just like, man, these guys have like just slabs on slabs. Is that is that kind of what it is, or is it more? Um, is that what you're posting up? Like how? There's, I mean, there's everything else there. It's a pretty, pretty not great place if you're a longboarder. Like, there's no real rolling point breaks, if you know what I mean. Um, there's like loads of really fun beaches and loads of really fun like smackable reef break kind of stuff. But slabs, I just like power and there's a lot of that there that all just comes out of the southern ocean and smacks into the shelf um yeah we get everything's really big period swell at home if something's like 10 seconds you don't even leave your house that's 
not even waves really. You normally, it starts normally at like 13 seconds and gets anyway up to like 21. Everything comes from the bottom of Africa into the bottom of WA. So that's why it's like so much power everywhere, why everything rolls over a reef with so much water on it. So when you go and find yourself at like a rolling uh, beach break, is that is that kind of like a novelty to your to your to your soul, your waterman soul, or are no, you like I'll, like I'll just ride a surfboard, like I just want to be in the ocean. Yeah, um, I won't. I probably won't shoot it because it's not as aesthetic and it's not fun and it's not there's no danger element there. But like I'll just ride a stick or go for a body surf. Like you just so like being in the water. You you mentioned uh, you have a lifeguard background. Uh, what when would, when did you get into that, and um, how um, how has that formed your just being? Um, when I was like sixteen, I think I started lifeguarding at the local pool, and it was cool because it like paid you twice as much as working at Target or working at a coffee shop or something. And then it became like a lifeguarded at the beach but like it's only a seasonal thing you don't have them there in winter and it pays all right so you like you lifeguard over the summer make a bit of money and then chase waves over the winter it's mostly really boring if i'm being honest anyone that's a lifeguard will agree like you do bugger all most of the time and then very occasionally you have to do something i guess like unless you're lifeguarding a pipe or some shit maybe that's gnarly all day every day but most of the time you do nothing. So you get a lot of time to think and you get a lot of time to watch the ocean, which is, I enjoy that. Or at least I did. So you, you did this in your local town. Uh, that's how you met Zach. And when... nah, I met Zach in Perth. So like WA is a big place. There's a hell of a lot of beaches. And um, every year before the season, you have like the training like the, they call it the induction. So everyone goes to Perth for a week and you like refresh all your skills. You jump up and down on mannequins, that kind of thing. You burn around on jet skis. And Zach was like, you ever met someone that's just ADD pouring out of their ears? That's Zach. Um, way worse back then than it is now. <laughs> but like we kind of, yeah, just became mates. Actually, like the first time I formally met him was out at a beach break and I thought he was a dick because he'd just be on every single wave and he was way better at surfing than me. Um, and then since then, yeah, he's not that much of a dick. He's a good guy. So when did you guys start um, getting together for the shoots? Um, well, The first time I ever went down to the right, he was going with a couple of my other mates. And I just kind of tagged along and they went out and towed and I like checked it out on the beach, tried to shoot it from land. You can't really shoot it from land. It's too far away. It looks bad. There's waves breaking in front of it. Um, and then far out. this is like 2015. So you're kind of testing me. Yeah. Um, and then I think we did a trip up to Toomey's together a bit later on and got really good waves there. And then I think since then, just, yeah, mission together heaps. And when did you pick up the camera? You said you went to school, you went to college. Did you study film in school or what, what's the nexus of your artistic journey? Um, no, I went to university and studied economics in Indonesian. And then I left university without a degree and went to Bali and started like worked with my brother in a surf travel company um that was probably when i started to get good at filming because every day i'm like filming on the beach like surf lessons and that kind of thing and they do footage review and all that because like at the start when everyone starts filming they just leave the camera on auto and that's when i stopped like learned how to not leave it all on auto and figure out how to do stuff manually that's like i guess where i got the start of the ten thousand hours if you know what i mean because it takes it takes forever and you fail so much like so much <laughs> um yeah and then when i left bali because i was pretty over living in indonesia um i just wanted to chase big waves and 
there was sort of a crew around that wanted to do the same thing. So that's what we did for as long as we could. And what year was this? Um, I left Bali in 2014. So yeah, 2015 was the start. Uh, and then 2016 was when we started like having more access to jet skis and being able to get to these places and get onto these waves because they're all out in the middle of the ocean. Like there's a handful you can paddle if you want to paddle 800 meters off the shore through deep, dark, scary black water to a cold, scary slab, which a lot of people do do it, but it's like, it's a real barrier to entry. It's not sunny bikinis and coconuts, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I looked at your professional page. It looks like you oscillate between photos and video, uh, but on your surfing page, it's mainly video. When you're shooting the slabs, are you like purely focused on on video? Yeah, I only ever shoot video. Any photos that you see, they're just frameies. They're not actual photos. Photos. Gotcha. And and always from a ski, or are sometimes does the ski drop you off for positioning? Um, it depends on the wave. So like some, some slabs you can only do off a ski. It's too shifty. It's too big. It's just dumb. You won't get the shot if you swim. Um, swimming is obviously the most pure form of like doing the job. Um, but you have to pick your battles and pick your moments for when you decide to do it. Um, cause with like, there's always a large amount of water draining off a reef on a slab and there's always like say a three foot wedge that will just come and be in front of you and the thing that you want so a jet ski is really good to sit on to be above that bit of above the like above the cross wave i guess um some days that's less there this is at the right specifically and so you can swim there and like that's the real that's the real shit. That's what you really want to do. Or at least that's what I really want to do. Um, but you can't do it every time. And knowing when to be like, nah, I got to stay on the ski is definitely part of it. Um, yeah, it's pretty, I don't know what to say, man. It's like, it's hard to be put on the spot. Yeah, no, no, no worries. And I have another one for you. So like, what, what was the first session where you said to yourself, wow, this is what I want to do. I want to chase big slabs. Do you remember that 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 session? Or was it a, yeah. was it a gradual uh, build-up? The first day I ever went to the right, like that was, so it would have been April 31st, 2016. Wow, you know uh, the date. So uh, what, what, wave, what wave was that? I'm sorry to interrupt. The right? Oh, uh, the, the right. Um so if you scroll through my profile, most of the big waves, that's it's mostly that place. Um, and it was just a pristine day, like not the biggest day ever, but gentle offshore, gorgeous swell, and just absolutely beautiful. And it was only us there, like just the crew that we went down with. So like that was the day I was like, yeah, this is me for as long as it can be me for. <laughs> and... How, how did you how did you see it were you like this is like you immediately had a business plan or were you were like i'm i'm gonna shoot these videos we're gonna do oh, this there is absolutely no money or business plan in this stuff man um i wanted to make movies back then because i hated the bodyboard and surf movies that were coming out at the time it was like around when um everyone who had money got red cameras and every single movie was just slow motion on slow motion, just forever. And that didn't make me want to go surfing. Like, yeah, it's beautiful and it's cinematography, but the point of a surf movie is to make me want to go surfing. And that's what I wanted to make. So I did like two movies that they were like 40 minutes age. Um, they made zero money. We had awesome premieres, like, super fun just real got the communities together um and that was sick but it was like five years of my life and you can only live as a dirtbag for so long well you, you have a great company i went to your website there's lots of different uh artistic 
offerings you offer the community. But obviously, I can feel the vibration. Like the, the big wave slab is is where your your soul lives. And I want to I want to back up just one second to where you were a second ago, where you had you didn't like what you saw. What is your aesthetic um, delivery like when you approach a wave? What how how do you uniquely see the situation and then go and get it? Um, do you mean in big waves or just waves in general? Uh, let, let's, let's go with the big waves. Cause that's, that's where you want to be. Okay. Um, you want to be in the pit with the guy. You want to be as close to the guy as you can. And you want the thing to look as round as it possibly can. That's, that's what you want. That's the best way to do it in my opinion. Um, because that's what brings the viewer into the moment that the person's experiencing. If you can get them inside the barrel with them. And like, if you can have some kind of sort of sound that makes the person feel that, that's, that's what I like. That's what I love. Um, sometimes pulled back stuff works. You obviously need a little bit of variety. You need some, a little bit of stuff from land. Drones are obviously pretty important now and they like help a lot more people kind of get involved, but you just, for me, I want to be in the pit with the guy or as close as I possibly can be. Well, if you don't mind, let's take it to the photo that I saw yesterday that, that made my head explode. And mm -hmm. for those people listening, um, I'm going to describe it. It is the thickest lip I've ever seen, um, combined with maybe four times overhead. Mason Barnes is paddling in, and you are, like, up on the situation. And this wave is green. The wind is perfect. Like, it's offshore. The, I could feel the power. It was an amazing photo, and congratulations. Excuse me. Yeah, it, it was a video clip, right? Yeah, but it's a frame. It was a, it was a still that I that I observed, and my um my heart dropped. So <laughs> well done. Um, take take us to that wave in particular, and also the session yesterday. How did how was it that you were like positioning yourself? You just described what you desire. Um, I, I want to hear a little bit about the aesthetic of the moment. Um, so that session, like I was a little bit nervous. I won't lie. It was pretty big and, um, I'd never really been out there before. Like it wasn't scary, scary. Cause there's a big channel there, but, and I feel like I know a few of the boys that were already out. So like I flew the drone for a bit, watched it, did that stuff. And then I suited up and jumped in and it takes ages to actually get out to the spot because it like it sucks you down this headland and you got to go all the way out and around but the takeaway is it's a really nice big channel and you can see pretty well where you need to be and a friend of mine was swimming and so i just kind of positioned myself behind him but in front of the jet skis which is like that's pretty normal behavior if you're shooting off a bodyboard um i thought before going out that it'd be pretty arrogant to be like all right if it's the first time out here i'm just gonna straight up swim wait because... so you're on a bodyboard you're not on a ski no i was on a bodyboard for that wave wow oh, that session. incredible okay um, go on sorry that's all good yeah uh, so yeah i was between where my friend was and the jet skis and then the wind kind of turned about halfway through the session Oh, maybe two thirds of the way. And both of the jet skis went in. My friend went in because he had to change his battery. So it was just me out there. Oh, and another mate um, called Diego. And that wave just sort of come through. And you can kind of see where you need to be. But I had no idea it was going to do that towards the end of it. Because it's a, Mullingmore's a really long wave. Like it's 200 meters or so worth of wave that you got to deal with. Um, and I just happened to be so lucky. Mason happened to be so lucky and it clicked together and it almost never happens like that. Like you almost never get that lucky. It was like ridiculous. Um, pretty stoked. I was like terrified on the way and going, holy shit. I hope this is in focus. Cause it's like, it's pretty dim, like the light in Ireland. Cause it's always cloudy. The sun's not up for long in the winter. So like you can have a bit of focus trouble off the trigger and I'd been having some trouble that day and just the, on the way and I was like, Oh, please, please let it be in focus. <laughs> and then when I cracked the box open at home and had a look, it was crispy and I was like, Oh, 
Thank <laughs> for that. Because you like you you get a moment like that maybe once every couple years, and you can mess them up. Like you can be so lucky about everything, and then something in your camera's gone wrong, and you've you've messed it up. And I've had those moments before, but this one thankfully wasn't one of them. Dude, so how good do you feel right now? I was pretty stoked on it. Like, definitely real happy. Um, it was the first time, oh, first time meeting Mason was this morning when he was checking Mully when we got there. That was like his first and only wave for that session, which is pretty insane. So like, it, that's kind of luck I'm talking about here. <laughs> yeah, that it, it, and you guys put yourself in those situations and uh, bravo, like <laughs> no, to, is, the, to, to the max. Um, how, how were the other sessions, uh, for the boys out there yes, uh, yesterday? Was, was it, was that the one or were there, were there other ones that we haven't seen? Oh, there was definitely a few waves that day for sure. Um, yeah. So like, uh, Connor McGuire, Geroid, like loads of the Irish boys got sick ones. Uh, Noah Lane got a couple like stoinkers and they handle that place so casually. Like it's it's so sick to see when um when people are casual about it like when they can surf big waves like the small waves i like i love seeing that that's um some of my favorite stuff because it's just being in a what is realistically a really stupid situation and just being calm collected and cool about it and you're you're friends with a lot of these guys on land you see them uh in in real life um but they, they seem like superheroes from, from the outside. You know, I, I, I know Mason personally, and you would never know, humblest, nicest dude on the planet. It, it's, a, um, it, it's a beautiful thing. So what is it about the personalities of the, um, these individuals? Because they're, they're, they're such a, a sliver of, of human on the planet that does this. And uh, I'd like to know from your perspective. If you... Like, if you want to get real spiritual about it, we're all trying to fill a hole. And this is a unique way that these people fill a hole. So it's like the same as why do people climb mountains? You're just trying to trying to bring happiness to your life, trying to make your life have some kind of meaning. Um, the pe like the people that I really gel with, and it's not everyone, but the the ones that don't bring loads of arrogance, to the situation the ones that are just like calm and stoked and happy to be there they're always the ones i'm good friends with and like the irish surf scene they're all that to a t like that's in my experience who these people are they're all calm and humble and they just want to get barreled and that's pretty much all i want to do as well <laughs> can you speak to the irish surf scene because it's not the first place the mind goes to when you think of, of surfing uh, but it, it's it's obviously strong, and there are absolute chargers there. Um, and you've you've been to many beaches around the world, many cultures, surf scenes. Um, how 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 does this uh, compare as far as uh, similarities and differences? Um, it's really like as a surf culture. I, I'm not by any means an expert on Irish surfing, by the way. Huge disclaimer. Um, as a surf culture, it's relatively new. Um, like someone will probably ping me on my history here, but there was a guy called Mickey Smith a while back who, um, basically did a hell of a lot of exploring in Ireland. Um, and well, they obviously found cold gold, if you know what I mean. Like it's, it's incredible here on its days. Um, and the culture's like build it and they will come they've sprung up around it and like there's incredible surfers from here um and they're all very friendly and like whether that's part of like just being irish or just having a relatively new surf scene that's not super duper flooded with lots of people and people aren't jaded like they are at home or they maybe are in hawaii in the u.s it's like it feels much closer knit and like everyone's sort of just out to have fun and get pitted. I don't know. It's that's a pretty heavy thing. Me talking about a foreign surf culture. Holy hell! Like, 
Well, well, you visited them, and uh, you're you're just flying in from Morocco, which mm -hmm. I bet there's a massive contrast, but also similarities. You know, um, from my experience, the beach culture of the people there's a there's a similarity um, everywhere. Um, a couple weeks ago, yeah, I interviewed I, I interviewed the, those boys, uh, um, a guy and Spencer, who went to Kamchatka, and there's mm. people there's people surfing up there, and they're like. The, the beach culture just is the same wherever the, the ocean um, flows. And um, I, I, I find that note interesting, but um, say a word about Morocco while we're, while we're on the subject of culture and, and surfing, because that's also another place that's, you know, has um, it. Pumps, there's every kind of wave that you could ever imagine there. Um, you just got to go explore it, I guess. It's yeah, it's sick. Um, there's lots to be done there. Um, it'd be the last time I was there, I was like 18, so it's been it had been a while for me. Um, and then this trip was super sick. Um, and it, what, it, what did you see on this trip? Um, it was a bit hectic, like so. A bloke we went with this bloke called Jerome and he is pretty big local dog there and he um kept everything incredibly professional like we went with him to a place we drove there at night he drove us out at night like um there was no we couldn't take home any knowledge with us if you know what i mean we just went and scored and then he took us back to casablanca and we flew out um he's an absolute legend and like a crazy big wave charger if you look him up like he's the boy there and you had access to skis skis there yeah he just has he had everything we didn't really use the skis because it was more like sick fun paddle waves um but yeah he he definitely had them if you needed them and, and you then went to to uh portugal at nazare um yeah zach left a couple boards at nazare so we had to go pick them up before we can come to ireland um so, but we've been staying in nazare for like a few weeks before that um just following from the outside it looked like it had been pumping um can you can you talk a little bit about your experience uh on this trip there um yeah it was sick like that wave like two to six foot it's so much fun like so enjoyable to ride um, it's pretty similar to a lot of the waves back home. So I felt like super comfortable, enjoyed the hell out of myself. And then when it got big, I tried to swim it once at maybe eight, 10 ish foot. And it's just, it's not functional. There's nowhere to be. Waves come from everywhere all the time. There's like no channels, there's no lulls. You just, yeah, it's not that swimmable, really. Um, definitely shootable off a ski great for a drone great off land but swimming above six and a bit foot it's not for me there's probably someone better than me that can do it but i just got my ass kicked where is that that line that you draw in the sand of of uh going swimming or not swimming and uh w when you're dealing with these situations because i can imagine that you um, you think you can do it sometimes and then others not what um it's an interesting one because the more you got to balance like your own personal goals with getting the shot of the person that you're there to shoot like for me the way i want to shoot a wave should not outweigh getting the shot of the person on the wave um so like swimming it's a risk because you're going to miss more you're going to be out of position more. You're going to have camera housing issues just more. Um, you don't get as many clips as you would off the back of a ski or as you would from land. So like a lot of times if I'm the only filmer at a session, um, I purpose, depending on the wave, obviously this is super broad, but I purposefully won't swim just to make sure that I can capture the whole session. Cause like, you owe it to the people actually putting shit on the line by being on the wave to film the wave. 
whether or not I want to film a wave in a specific way is irrelevant. Um, it's like your job is to capture the wave. Um, if there's like five or six filmers at a session, then I'll be much more inclined to swim because it's a more unique angle. There'll be less people doing it. And I'll know for sure that at least someone will get it if I miss it. And I miss stuff all the time. You think everybody does. It's just part of using a camera. How, how do you handle that in, in the moment? Um, and does that, is that like a mechanism of improvement? Like the next time you're like, Oh, I know not to do that. Oh, for sure. Everything like, everything is built on everything else. Like you learn little lessons every single session. Um, yeah, you fail or at least I failed over and over again before I ever got anything that was worth showing to people. And then like, it hurts so much if I've been a pussy and missed something because I thought that I was going to get a wave on the head or something was going to go wrong and someone's gotten a pit and I haven't pressed the button at the right time. Like that stuff really hurts. You feel that in your soul. Um, and it sucks. That feeling sucks. And that's what motivates you to do better. Do you, do you have a moment where, where it's, that stands out where that was like, that was, that was a bad one. Do you, can you, can you bring up, yes. bring your, your most vivid one to, to our, to our, to our mind? Um, yeah, the late afternoon at the right, a bunch of years ago. Um, this was when we were still kind of, oh, we were called the garbage gang because we never really had much. And we got five of us out to the, out to the right on one ski. And I was shooting off a bodyboard and it was the first time I'd actually, um, been in the water out there and like the sun's going down, it's getting dark. And my mate, Tom Ford is swimming and it's not really big enough, but one, crazy one comes through and I've been a pussy and put myself a bit too far on the shoulder and sort of missed the clip. Whereas Tom shot the cover of a magazine. So like he kept himself, like held his nerve and kept himself in the spot. And I got like a, maybe six out of 10 clip as opposed to a 12 out of 10 clip. And yeah, Bro. that haunts my dreams. So I'm sure there was a, then another session after that where you're like, all right, I'm going to sit deeper and take the risk. And then you probably um, got blasted. Uh, can you give us a blasted story? Um, I've, yeah, I've had one decent one on the head out there. Not like you just, the best thing you can do is swim to the bottom at any slab. If a wave's about to land on you, swim to the bottom and hope if like that's your only defense. Um. Like some people will wear like the pool vest or impact vest, but I find that that stops you from swimming to the bottom or it makes it harder. Um, in terms of a flogging story earlier this year, when I just got my new housing, I was out at, um, tombstones. So Northwest of WA and I was being a bit arrogant, like just dumb silly it's it was big big and i hung in to shoot a guy on like getting a four or five foot pit and i sink through the back of the wave and there's like a two and a half story building a couple meters away from me and they're like you can swim to the bottom there but it doesn't matter um and it broke and just picked me up and went dunk 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 along the reef and i got like i got humbled pretty hard which i definitely needed but it came up with a lot of bruises it could have been a lot worse Incredible, man. So wh what is your, uh, your, you have the lifeguarding background, you have, you're, you're out in the water daily. Do you have a regimen when you're not in a, um, in a, in a shooting situation, like a, a daily routine and, uh, um, enlighten us to your, your daily physical routine? Um, I like definitely try and stay fit. Um, but that's less to do with like, swimming big waves as much as it is to do with just my own mental health. Like if I don't burn off the energy each day, like brain makes all the sad chemicals and you just get like bummed all the time. And then you start, like it just comes out in negative ways or drink heaps or do other stuff, you know? Um, so I have to burn the energy every day, at least some of it. Um, it used to be, I'd skate a lot or I'd try and go running. 
I don't skate as much anymore because skating really hurts. Um, and running, I don't like. So I go to the gym a bit, but there's no like training regime or anything like that. I'm not like a fitness fanatic or anything. Like I can tell when I'm feeling fat and I can tell when I'm feeling fit. And that's, that's about as far as I take it. Do you hit the pool? Hell no. I hate swimming laps. Like no, no doubt. The most boring. St- oh man. You just left with your own thoughts and no. Nah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, I, I I live by the pool. That's um that's my uh my and oh, I, really? the, uh, you you say you hate the boredom. Like I love that boredom because it's the only place I can be like with myself, you know. So yeah, uh, shouts out shouts out to the black line. But <laughs> the the thing I'd like to go to next is your um your aesthetic preference. So when you see water, what kind of water do you just like? You're like, oh, I I, I want to get that on a clip and and shoot it, or is it is it all about the physicality of, of the water? Um, or maybe give me a combination of the two. Sure. I think it's just um, the amount of water that's moving, like being around that kind of power, like heaps of water moving at once. It's like, that's intoxicating in terms of like color or like it, it's obviously nice to shoot in pretty light, like dawn and sunset, they're nice shots and you only get a little bit every day, but if it's brown water, if it's crystal turquoise water, that doesn't really matter. It's more about how much of it is moving. Like for me, no, I've so, never so, thought about it at all. Right. So, so you you live by the the, the oomph and thickness, and yeah. and what is it? What does that sound like when you're there? And, and oh, how cool does in physics because you can see it happen before you hear it. Like you get because light obviously travels faster than sound. So like you see it land and then you hear the crack like half a second later. Wow. What, what to this date is the heaviest um, you've seen in where? Um, definitely the right. I couldn't tell you which wave or which day, but when there's like a big West one there, at low tide, it's like, the lip is two meters thick and the wave is three stories tall. And like, yeah, it's, I don't know how many tons you could possibly put in that, but it's a ridiculous amount of water moving. And you've, you've traveled many, many places. It, and can, can you describe uh, the physicality of the, the, the beach setup at this right? Um, it's a gigantic bay on one side of it um there's the right on the other side there's the left they're both about a k and a half well the right's about a k and a half out to sea the left is like just on this horrible little peninsula thing um there's a big cliff in the middle of the bay there's a gigantic rock that sticks out of the water next to where the channel is so you sit put yourself between the rock and the wave um it's the middle of nowhere. You're like a five-hour drive from Perth. You're at least at least three hours from any kind of hospital, and you're maybe but twenty-five minutes on a jet ski from a town, and about thirty minutes in a car. Like you, it is Australia's huge, man, and there's nobody living in WA. It's like WA is maybe. Oh, three quarters the size of Texas and two million people live there. Like there is nothing, just emptiness. So you see that it's going to be breaking and you it's a destination trip, the right. So it's not like you're yeah. checking the right every day. Hell no. No, no, no. Gotcha. I, I drive 10 hours from my hometown. Wow. Like, for the right. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible. Where Where's your hometown? Geraldton. Is it Geraldton. Okay. You're still in Geraldton. Um, and there's no, there's not a slab in, in Geraldton. Is that, or are there a few? Uh, there is. Um, they're not particularly well publicized ones. Right. Um, but there is, yeah, there's slabs there. Um, because it's like higher up the coast and the continental shelf stretches out a lot further 
from that part of the country. It's not the same, like in terms of size or scale, but there's serious waves to be found if you know where to look. And in your hunt for slabs, where are you looking at next? You're, you're on a big trip now. Are you going to other locations or are you going to um, uh, go back to, to hometown soon or kind of what's your plan? Um, Europe, at least until the end of January. Um, it looks like Nazare could be pretty fun uh, in the days leading up to Christmas. So we'll probably head back there. And then, don't know, just like the Atlantic's super dynamic. It changes heaps. So like forecasts are really, I guess you don't get much warning. So me and Zach like check charts constantly for everywhere. Just hoping that something will pop up. And there's like, we're not the only people doing this, man. There's heaps of people doing the same thing. And like the, the community gets, you get to know most people. And is there um, uh, a, a competition or, or, or are you guys kind of like working together? I, the competitions with yourself, like you always want to um, do better than you did before, but like what other people are doing isn't like relevant to what you're doing. Uh, this isn't the WSL. We're just trying to get pitted. What, where do you see uh, the, the next steps in the big wave surfing sport? Like, well, personally speaking, where, where do you see um, your new frontier? Um, I definitely want to check out South Australia a bit more. Um, all right, I'm not really sure. Right? <laughs> um, you, when you see like a chart pop up or like a system pop up, and you see like a big red blob that's going to smack into a tiny little place. That's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. Um, there's no, I don't really have any particular plan or any particular, um, oh, this is my end goal. Um, like, but just chasing the dopamine of seeing sick waves. That's pretty much it. So, so incredible. Um, the, the the footage you, you take you you have a longer movies you also have the the short reels on the Instagram um as an artist how do you view the the, the two spaces and what is kind of like um your uh, your goal in that in that region as um, far as per production producer production anyone that has done it will tell you that making a full length movie is hard it takes hours and hours and hours um i don't think i have the same hunger at the moment um to make my own movies anymore like i don't mind doing little drips and drabs on instagram it's fine it doesn't take me too long but because like my actual business like the way i make money is commercial video um i have to edit a lot for work and that's taken a bit of the pleasure element out of editing. Like five years ago, I loved editing. And now it's it's chore most of the time. Um, especially as you get better and better cameras, the editing process takes longer and longer. Suddenly you have to color grade every single raw goddamn clip every single time. And like, that's not pleasurable, man. It's not like it's fun and interesting sometimes to try new things but it's not yeah it's not as much like it's not pleasurable so like i'm happy to do small things and happy to provide footage to people but i don't yeah i kind of lost my train of thought though yeah so so you know a lot of people listening everyone has uh, a, a job they're they also have their passion and uh, your your job yeah, as you're describing is is the editing of of other um, projects and that's 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 your business um you take this this same uh life into the the, the surfing world what do you do you see a, a a a world where you only do the big wave surfing um project is that is that a, from your vantage oh. point of seeing the scene to lay the land not really um 
even the people that look like they're at the very top of that stuff aren't making heaps. There's like maybe a handful of guys and I guarantee that handful of guys makes a hell of a lot of money selling a clip to Samsung or to like any kind of commercial venture than they do actually from surfing. Um, if you look at a bloke like Chris Bryan, like in my, in my mind, he is someone that's made it like he has managed to live the dream. And I don't think there's enough space for too many of him. I think, um, because it's such a passion and because people love doing it, the commercial viability of this stuff isn't huge. Um, I think if you're making a living from pointing a camera at surfing, you're probably doing webcasts for people or you're contracted to follow around a particularly famous surfer. Um, and those are definite pathways. They're not my pathway. I feel like I do TV ads for day spas and jewelry stores. And that allows me to chase the ways that I want to chase. So insightful. Like yeah, go, go, go. There's a lot of ways to skin that cat and you just got to find the one that works for you and the one that keeps you stoked. When I was for a couple of years trying to make money from doing the surf stuff, I ended up hating it, man. Like it, um, like suddenly a day when, oh, you think it's going to be pumping, but it's not. That's like a commercial blow. It's like, oh shit, I might not pay my rent now because I didn't film 15 barrels. And you don't want that. Like it kind of takes, for me, it took away a lot of the joy and I became pretty jaded. And now I just, um, man, it, like I took a step away from filming the surf stuff and learned to have a business and have the two things sort of separate. Um, and they are quite separate, like one makes money, the other makes happiness. What, what a balance beam. And is, is Zach in the kind of the same boat as you, as far as like on a passion trip or does the CF sponsors that support the, you know, the quick jaunt to Ireland to, to get the footage? Um, I mean, he definitely has sponsors. He's an incredibly good surfer. Um, whether or not they pay him enough to live out all his dreams is another issue. Um, in Australia, especially in Western Australia in particular, you can make a lot of money if you go and um, drive boats in uncomfortable places or go and um, like work on mines and that kind of thing. And so like he, he works a job, he drives boats. Um, and he'll do that for a month when there's no waves. And then he'll have enough money to go find waves. Like everything that guy does is he does to get himself to the beach the next time there's a swell. It's like beautiful to watch. I've learned heaps from how he just goes about living. And what what's the biggest thing that you've learned? Um, I guess spiritually, emotionally. Um if you're not having fun, you're not what are you doing? Like you gotta, you gotta wake up and make yourself happy, whether you can do that long-term or short or short-term, you gotta balance those things. Um, you gotta fail heaps before you succeed at anything. And you just, I don't know, it's hard. You just gotta keep going. Um, you gotta give yourself meaning. Because if you don't, then you're just sort of stuck doing the same thing again and again. And I'm terrible at trying to sound profound. Bro, you just laid it down. Like, like you sent it up to the top. And I'm very grateful you just dropped that knowledge. Because the, the, the goal of this podcast is to bring the, the wisdom of such legends as yourself to yeah. the young, to the youth. Because the young people are listening and they, um, they want to know how how it is that you do what you do and um, you've just um, delivered uh, a, a great, a great package. With that said, what, what would you tell the youth? Um, do you have a message for young people uh, that, that are inspired by what you do, uh, creating a, a beautiful movies from beautiful slabs around the world? Um, 
you can always do it better. No matter how good you think your shot is, you can always improve something about it. And the lust to keep improving is what will keep you doing it. If as soon as you're happy with something that you've made, that that that's not like that's shit. That's bad. You should all like you should always feel like that there's something that you can build on and something that you can do better. Um and like being hyper self-critical probably isn't good, but being at least pretty self-critical is mandatory if you want to keep going and you want to keep improving. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, if we could get into a capsule and go anywhere in the world that, that you haven't been, uh, wh where is it that you'd like to go? Um, like which wave or just which place? Um, the capsule is yours. Okay. All right. Um, I'd love to go to Japan. I've never been. Um, it's from what I can tell really hard to get waves there. It's pretty expensive as well. Um, but it'd be sick to go. Um, I'd love to go to Namibia. Um, like literally all of South America. I've never been to any of that. Central America. There's waves there that I want to go and see. Like the world's a really big place. And it's always winter somewhere. So there's always waves to be found. Will you go back to uh, to this to this? nook that you've just scored so well um in the future absolutely i am well and truly a mulligmore convert um Incredible. Yeah, I'll, I'll be back here as soon as i can so so epic um what do you have planned for the rest of your day today um well it looks, it looks nice. sleep, yeah it's almost night time yeah <laughs> um i'm probably gonna take my wetsuit upstairs stick it in the bathroom go find zach See if he wants to find some food. And then, because there's no waves tomorrow, and we're just going to go for a little bit of a drive to see some friends, we're probably going to drink a bunch of Guinness. That's probably what we're going to do this evening. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What, what's on the menu? Um, Irish pub food. So some stereotypes are true, and there's a lot of potato here, which I have no problem with. Huge fan. How's um, the fish? Uh, you have to ask Zaki. I'm not a big fish eater. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Food is sick. I love it. Absolutely. Well, um, before I let you go, um, I need you to drop uh, uh, some um, some profound wisdom as you have, but on a higher level to the top. Um, what is the meaning of life? Um, oh, I got nothing for you, man. You got to create your own meaning. <laughs> meaning is a job you have to knit yourself beautiful well kian salmon dude thank you very much for coming on and no, um I, I wish you the best of luck uh going going forward and I'm, I'm i'm stoked that i was able to see your photo and i'm gonna follow you uh for now on everyone listening okay. um please follow i'm gonna put a, a link down below and um uh, have a great evening tonight and have a guinness for me I certainly will. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure to meet you. Yeah, bro. You. See ya. Yep. Peace.